Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. I was looking for a new book for a women's leadership program that I developed. I'm a voracious reader and I love getting new information. So I found this book, Self-Leadership, The Definitive Guide to Personal Excellence by Christopher Neck and a whole bunch of other co-authors. The title caught my interest, so I went ahead and read the book. I'm not going to give you a book report. Remember when we used to have to do book reports in grade school? Well, I'm not going to do that. I am going to quickly share my understanding of and thoughts on self-leadership. I think of it as a tool for what Parker Palmer calls letting your life speak. If you haven't read that book, Let Your Life Speak, you really want to read that. So what is this self-leadership? It's, it's a lot of different things that are woven together. It begins with self-awareness. You know that's the first component of emotional intelligence. And self-awareness isn't enough because we can know ourselves really well and still not value ourselves. And that leads to the next phase, which is self-acceptance or the next piece. You've got to be able to be okay with yourself, to be real about your sources of pride and your accomplishments, and equally as honest about your flaws, and we all have flaws. Self-compassion is also an important component of self-leadership. This means you have to be kind and loving and gentle with yourself. This means that you stop yourself from berating yourself and being overly critical. We're self-compassionate when we treat ourselves with the loving kindness that we would show a dear friend or family member. Self-confidence is another component of self-leadership. You have to believe in you if you're going to be intentional about making things happen in your life. So there are these three abilities that are central to self-leadership. First is the ability to challenge your assumed constraints. I do this thing with my clients where I ask them to make an exhaustive list of the constraints they're facing. The next thing that I ask them to do is to cross out the ones that are assumed or perceived, but not really constraints. I ask them to really look hard and look at, are these real or these, are these my assumptions? See, once we're able to create space in our heads and in our hearts by liberating ourselves from burdens that aren't as real as we imagine, that's when we have the time, the space, the energy to address the real constraints and to decide how are we going to deal with them. Now, I'm going to tell you, this takes a lot of reflection. It's not something that you just sit down and do in 15 minutes, it's over. You have to take the time to look at the things you believe are limiting you. How many of those things are real limitations? How many of them are self-imposed? Once you're able to make the distinction, you can channel your energy to deal with the real constraints. The second ability is the ability to locate and activate your points of power. 
there are five possible points of power. We don't necessarily have all of them, but we certainly have some. The first is position power. This is all about the role that you hold. The second is personal power. This is all about our ability to influence people and events. This is influence that's both vertical and horizontal. The third point of power is something called task power. This is about how you get things done. What are you able to accomplish with the tasks or projects or responsibilities that you have? The fourth is knowledge power. Now, I am not of the opinion that knowledge in and of itself is power. I believe that knowledge put to use is where the real power lies. The fifth and the final point of power is relationship power. Who do you know? How strong is your network? What brand have you established for yourself? These are questions to think about when you analyze your relationship power. I think of this as the who will take your calls power. Okay, I want to move from the points of power to the third ability that's crucial in self-leadership, and that's the ability to be proactive. Self-leaders typically have an internal locus of control that allows them to assess and address before problems arise. They're able to survey the landscape and determine multiple courses of action. They've got that internal motivation that keeps them moving into new territory. Now, let's be clear. Self-leaders are not fearless superheroes. They're people who've gone inward enough to exercise power in their lives and in the world. There's some research on this concept. That book I mentioned, Self-Leadership, The Definitive Guide to Personal Excellence, it's interesting to me for a lot of reasons. And one of them is that it quickly explains the research and the theories of self-leadership. I'm not going to go through all of that, but there are two theories that I want to introduce. The first is this thing called social cognitive theory. This is important because it helps us understand that we have the power to influence the world around us. It also helps us understand the fact that the world influences us. My take on this theory is that we forget our personal power if we only focus on the impact of the world around us. We have the power to adopt, to adapt, and to change behavior. And we have to remember that. The second theory is self-determination. And this is all about natural rewards that we get from doing the things that we really enjoy. This theory says that we have the power to harness the forces that motivate us and to focus our energy and our attention towards activities that are affirming. Both of these theories, when we put them into practice, require us to be awake at the wheel and to be fully engaged participants in our own lives. They help us to recognize how we influence ourselves and others. Both of them focus on the power that we have to alter our own experiences so that they move us towards the direction that we want to go. And this leads me to the question of, how do we demonstrate 
self-leadership. Now, my personal opinion is that it starts by listening. Self-leadership is a way for us to listen to that still, small voice that's inside of us. And that's the voice that we ignore or just can't hear because we're so busy doing that we don't create space for being. When you can tune into that still, small, inner voice, you can push forward and make your dreams your intentions and then make your intentions your realities. Self-leadership is rooted in our ability to provide wise counsel to ourselves. We can only hear our own counsel when we're still, when we're quiet, when we invite conversation from within. It's in that peaceful time that we can answer our own questions about purpose and passion, about direction and diversions, about soul and self. This is when we can really explore our self-counsel. It's when we can free ourselves of the distortions imposed by others. It's, it's this really precious counsel that allows us to live from the inside out, not the outside in. Self-leadership emerges when we've given ourselves the gift of knowledge, appreciation, and understanding of our true selves. It's about self-awareness, that first component of emotional intelligence. Sure, sure. And I was thinking about why does self-leadership matter so much? And I know that there are tons of reasons, but in my mind, the most important one is that it moves me, Joanne, from victim to victor. If I'm running the show of my life, if I'm in control, I can't possibly be anything other than victorious. Now, I don't mean that I won't ever stumble or fail or fall. What I mean is that I have self-efficacy, the knowledge that I can, and then I have self-determination. And if you know me at all, you know that I am a determined woman. So if we're self-leaders, we can see more of what we want done accomplished, actually accomplished. We spend less time and less energy advancing other people's objectives and devote our time to focusing on the things that matter most to us. For those of us who are caught in that holy sainted martyr syndrome, this probably sounds like blasphemy, but it's not. It's about honoring yourself, about valuing yourself. Self-leaders, because of their focus on their core values and their critical priorities, because of that focus, they have the ability to do more of what matters to them. That's because they know what matters to them and are willing to invest in those things. Because they function with clarity, they can align energy, resources, and intent with their desires and with their needs. This does not mean perfect outcomes but it does mean that there's a self-directed plan for goal attainment. I think self-leadership is also important because it helps us establish a performance history. A performance history is not just a track record of our wins. It's also a track record of our losses and our learnings. When I'm awake at the wheel in my life, I can observe what I've done, what I'm doing, 
what I consider my wins, and what I know were my losses. It's time for me to wrap this one up. Self-leadership is a way for us to maximize our influence and our impact in our own lives and in our world. It's a competence that we can all develop and grow in. It asks us to consider so many questions about our divine purpose, about how much discomfort we're willing to endure to live our values, about how much we really value ourselves. It's all about having a clear sense of who you are, what you want to do, what you can do. It's about influence and impact. When you have time and reflect on this podcast, start to think more about self-leadership. And remember, if you're willing to develop in this skill, you'll be better able to direct the course of your life and to keep that course in alignment with your core values. You'll be able to set your own course, not a course that's defined for you by somebody else. As you travel that course, you'll have the ability to reflect, to analyze, and to make mid-course corrections. I really want to challenge you to spend time considering how you've composed your life. Have you composed it in a way that allows you to first lead yourself and then lead others? This is a lot, a lot to consider. A lot to consider. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.